In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is Friday, June 14th, the day after Atlanta United defeated Charleston 3-1. to in the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup. The game, of course, was played at Kennesaw State's Fifth Third Bank Stadium instead of at MUSC Health Stadium in Charleston, where it was supposed to be played on Tuesday. If you don't know, rains in Charleston for the four days before the game, as well as the day of the game, turned the field into what looked like a gigantic cat box. Uh, Sand and mud in at least 10 places, gigantic patches of sand and mud in at least 10 places, which caused the game to be abandoned because the field was considered unplayable after 20 hours of speculation and deliberation and decision-making and any other ings you can think of. The U.S. soccer announced on Wednesday the game was going to be in Kennesaw. So now, switching to the game. Uh, the goals for Atlanta United were scored by Romario Williams in the 79th minute with assists from Miles Robinson and Gonzalo Martinez. Brandon Vasquez scored what would be the game winner in the 110th minute with an assist from Justin Miram. And then Vasquez scored again in the 121st minute off of another assist from Justin Miram. Charleston opened the scoring <clears throat> in the 20th minute on a goal by Ian Svantenson. It was a horrible giveaway by Franco Escobar, who was dispossessed by Patterson who uh, hit a, uh, just a really smart one-time pass to Svantesen at the top of the penalty box. He turned and one-timed a left-footed shot into the lower right corner off the post and in. I think Escobar was at fault for the goal. Some people are blaming Alec Can. He was over on the right trying to serve as a passing outlet for Escobar, which is what Atlanta United's goalkeepers do when Escobar was dispossessed. Can simply could not keep up with the speed of the ball which is the point of passing. So Charleston opened the scoring, continued to really bunker. Atlanta United just had a very poor first half. Frank DeBoer called it a poor first 20 minutes. I thought it was a really poor first half. Romario Williams had almost as many offside calls as he did touches. It was like 2-6 to six or 2-7 to seven by the end of the first half. Pitti Martinez could not complete a pass. I don't know how many giveaways he had, but it was quite a few. I don't have the first half stats with me. Um, and, and couldn't beat anyone off the dribble. There was a moment in the first half where he was trying to outrun a Charleston defender, Charleston, which is in the USL, mind you, and he just couldn't do it. Um, but then everything changed in the second half, and that started with Pitti Martinez, who I thought had uh, just a fantastic second half and a fantastic uh, extra time. He finished with eight chances created, just tortured Charleston's defense, absolutely tortured him um, in every way possible. 
from the right, from the left, or from the center. He was finding teammates in good spaces uh, for goals. He he could have had Martinez probably three to four assists if his teammates could have simply put the ball into the goal. But you know Charleston was trying to win too, so that's what happens. Um, some other guys got uh, their first starts this season. One of those was Andrew Carlton who had a really quiet first 20 minutes, and then he did a little shimmy and shake to get away from a defender and open up space to hit a left-footed shot that was going toward the lower right corner, except uh, Charleston's goalkeeper, Brino, a very chatty guy, uh, pushed the ball off to the side for a corner kick, and that seemed to give Carlton the confidence that he needed for his remaining time on the pitch. I thought he played really, really well after that. He's not a super fast guy, but... He's very clever and very inventive, and I thought he showed a lot of that. Flo Pogba got his second start this season. I thought he played well, particularly matched up uh, he and Robinson, Miles Robinson against Svantesen, who was like six foot eight, uh, just a, a giant of a man. They did well against him. Uh, let's see who Alec can. I thought had a solid game, uh, other than that first goal. Again, I don't blame him for that first goal. I thought he did well. Let's see. Uh, Dion Pereira got his like fourth start, third or fourth start. Really quiet game for Dion. Justin Miram came off the bench and got the most time. I think he's not the most, or the second most time he's gotten this season. He looked really, really sharp. Um, two assists on the goals, as I said. A smart player, good with his passing. Another guy who's not going to burn you with straight line speed but can beat you with angles and and intelligence. And he showed a lot of that against Charleston. The game, of course, was played in a a closed stadium. Uh, There were probably less than 100 people in, most of them Atlanta United players or their families or the parents of Atlanta United players and, you know, front office officials. So we could hear everything that was being said on the field, almost everything. It was it was really, really odd. There was a PA announcer, I guess, so that the players could hear the official things like yellow cards and goals and substitutions and things like that. It was, I think, the first intentionally closed stadium I've ever covered a game. I've covered some high school games that seemed like they were a closed stadium. And I've covered some college games that might as well have been closed stadiums um, for the lack of people there. But it, it was an interesting experience. The whole week was an interesting experience. Uh, for those who don't know me well, my wife and I went to London last weekend uh, for our belated honeymoon. We got married last year, last August, and we arrived back in our home in Carrollton at like 8.30 Monday night. I had to get up Tuesday morning, uh, rent a car, drive to Charleston for a game that ended up not being played, turn around, drive back on Wednesday, covering this game on Thursday. And now, of course, because Atlanta United won, they will play at Columbus next Tuesday at Mafri or Mapfri or however you pronounce it stadium. Atlanta United has a good record against Columbus. They've, they've had five regular season meetings. Atlanta United has won four of them. Char- uh, Columbus, of course, beat Atlanta United in the playoffs in 2017. And Columbus beat Atlanta United in their first regular season matchup earlier this season in Columbus, a game that was also played in a torrential downpour. Um, I think that score was three to one or three to nothing for Columbus, but this should be different. It should be nice weather in Columbus. I will be at the game, uh, covering it for the Atlanta Journal Constitution. I hope that you'll follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. 
or on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. Um, I won't be at practice on Monday because I am uh, was asked to speak at an Associated Press Sports Editors Convention on Monday that's being held in Atlanta on growing your digital audience uh, in soccer. I really don't feel worthy or qualified uh, to speak at this conference, but I'm going to do my best. And I hope that some of the guys out there find it informative. I met a young man uh, from Georgia Southern last night who's interning for the Marietta Daily Journal. He's from Cumming, Georgia, and he said he was going to be at the APSE conference. So at least there's going to be one person there to listen to me babble. Um, anyway, again, I'm going to wrap this up because it was a U.S. Open Cup. It was 3-1. to one. It's only me talking, and I don't like listening to myself talk. Atlanta United defeats Charleston 3-1 to one in the fourth round of the U.S. Open Cup on goals from Memorial Williams. Brandon Vasquez and Brandon Vasquez. It will advance to the fifth round where it will play Columbus on Tuesday in Columbus. I will be there covering the game for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC and on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now. I'm Ernie Suggs, race and culture reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And I'm Ned Ravone, lifestyle columnist. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. I've been living here for 24 years, and I am still amazed at how rich the city's Black culture continues to grow. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. Like historically Black colleges and universities. Atlanta's thriving art scene. And the city's growing neighborhoods. Wherever you live, we want to hear from you. We want to hear what issues are important to you. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. Only from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Journal-Constitution.